0: hello there and welcome to episode two of the or so she says podcast my name is narissa shea and i am a personal trainer eiq certified nutritionist a yoga instructor a sport and exercise psychology consultant and a professional irish dancer I am so excited for this episode today because it is a topic that constantly comes up in my DMs and in conversations with clients, friends, family members. It also seems to be a topic I personally feel a lot of people struggle with, especially in Ireland where there is a huge drink culture and I actually don't think enough people talk about it. I am so excited to have Colm Dolan on to talk to today. This guy is just such an inspiration. I've actually been following him for quite a while now and he's just an absolute joy to follow along on his journey. He also has his own podcast that I love to listen to called The Sober Mess and actually for selfish reasons I am buzzing to get chatting to him because I have recently decided to quit the drink. And I'm actually really looking forward to hearing all about how Colm did it, how he navigated sobriety in a nation where usually the main point of attraction for everyone's weekend is the pub, and how giving up the drink actually changed his life. So it's worth pointing out before I jump into this episode, I am not here to bash on drink and condemn people for drinking. I'm just talking about a topic that is close to my heart and has really, really affected me, especially over the last few years. It's also a topic that whenever I put up a post or a blog about how drink affects people, it tends to get a lot of attention. And people are often reaching out to me like for some advice and stuff like that. And people seem to be struggling with this a lot. So that's why I actually decided, you know, it's probably best get someone on who is better able to give advice in this area, hence why I got in touch with Colum. Before I jump in, I gave up the drink for four months last year and I actually wrote a blog about it. The amount of messages I received from people saying how much it resonated with them was actually crazy. So before I jump in with the interview with Colum, I'm going to actually read out this blog that I wrote last year because I feel like it resonates a lot with people and it's quite personal as well. And I think it gives you a very good background as to why I kind of want to talk about this topic. So with that in mind, here we go. Why I decided to give up the drink. Sesh Arisa, over and out. Now, all jokes aside, this is something I've been contemplating for quite a while now. Anyone who knows me, especially from the ages of 16 to 30, will say, oh Narissa, she fucking loves the sesh. Great crack, always up for pints. Last one standing at the end of the night, etc, etc. It actually kind of annoys me in Ireland that the only valid reasons for not drinking at social occasions are I'm driving, I'm pregnant, I'm a recovering alcoholic. It's as if if you do not want to drink there has to be a reason. We Irish are a nation known for our love of the sauce, and rightly so. We cannot deny that as a whole, we are quite known for being binge drinkers who drink to get a loco. We wouldn't be known for being the type of people that go to brunch and have one glass of wine. Not everyone. I know some people who can actually have one glass of wine and park it. I am not that person. Nor am I someone who actually likes the taste of drink. I drink for a purpose and that has always been to get drunk. I sound like an alco, but bear with me. This was all full in games until about maybe two, three years ago, when it wasn't just a headache and feeling sick anymore. It was genuine anxiety and uneasiness. I wouldn't be able to eat. Not because I was sick from the shots, I probably was, but I actually just could not shake that feeling of antsiness and pure anxiety that would hit me like a wave roughly around the afternoon time after a night on the bear. It wasn't bear fear. Even if I wasn't that drunk the night before and did absolutely nothing to be fearful about, I could not shake that uneasy feeling. I'm a bit of a control freak, and I like to be in control of what I can control. Factors within my control. I train hard, eat well, to look after my body and mind. I read, meditate, practice yoga for my body and mind. I try to surround myself with like-minded people who are on a journey of self-development. And all this leaves me feeling very much in control of factors within my control. So what is the beef with drink? It is not the loss of control on a night out. To be honest, I'm probably too drunk to notice that. It's the next day that feeling of what I can only describe as existential dread is something I just cannot seem to shake. It leaves me feeling like a shell of the person I know I can be. So I've come to the conclusion, is the couple of hours on the sesh really worth the two to three days of hell after? Because let's be honest, you don't ever feel too minty fresh the day after the day after. You're still groggy as fuck. So if you are reading this, or listening to me, (laughs) originally this was a blog post, and you see me out and about drinking a Diet Coke, please don't feel the need to throw in some vodka for good measure. Since deciding to do this everyone I've met so far jumps on the bandwagon of saying oh it's because you're a big fitness head now and I promise you that is not the case. Okay truth be told I would much rather use my calories on food but that is far from the reason why I have decided to do this. I actually think it's yoga that allowed me to come to terms with this. Practicing yoga for me personally is empowering as it allowed me to really dig deep and get in touch with myself on both a mental and physical level. I have spent so much of my life ignoring all the things my body has been trying to tell me. Dancing through injuries, not resting when I'm clearly exhausted, starving myself for upcoming tours, events, etc., keeping myself so busy to distract myself from anxiety, drinking even though I knew deep down it wasn't just your average hangover anymore. It was like I was in a constant battle with my own mind and body. Yoga has changed that. It's not that it happened overnight, it didn't. Big changes rarely do, but my mindset has shifted in the last two years. And the common denominator, along with the spiraling effects of the amazing places, people and things I've experienced since, has come from starting to finally listen to my body. I urge you that if something doesn't feel quite right, whatever that may be, Dig deep, question it. There is a reason why you are feeling a certain way, and do not ignore that. Magic things start happening when you begin to listen. and with all that in mind, let's get stuck in to chatting with column Hello, column. how are you? I am oh, so so happy to have you
1: on <laughs> I'm good I'm good. I'm just great to be here and having the chats and uh yeah, it's it's great to see you, and I, I love the idea of the podcast now, and you're moving into the podcast world, and it's where all, all the goodness is at. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's nice to be online and uh, sitting here having the chats. No, no tea, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it's taken doing a podcast for me to actually reach out to you to have a chat with you because I always see you online, and I'm like. God, like, he does not live that far away. How have I not met him for a <laughs> coffee or something at this
1: point? It's it's <laughs> bizarre, like isn't it? That That's the mad thing. Like, sometimes you just, I find you're just having a chat with someone, like, you know, and it's like someone and you like that vibe. And, that, and that's the great thing about but, being a podcast Because you can't just Reach out to random On Instagram And be like Hey do you want to like, Have a chat They just meet up And like Have to have a chat about something Like you know Whereas you do a podcast You're like Oh do you want to come on And like do a podcast And have a chat And then like yeah yeah And then you're like Having this, this chat with someone That you kind of think Is cool on Instagram And it's just like Dad, there's like an excuse not to be like a weirdo for asking randomers <laughs> for a chat, like you know what I mean? That thing seems sound. I'm not even asking him for a chat, like you know. So I just go <laughs> for a walk, bro. Just and talk. It'll be- <laughs>
0: oh my god imagine like it's just so funny that's just so unheard of these days but to reach out to someone online and just be like yeah do you want to come out for a chat so everyone
1: can hear again <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally normal <laughs> uh, yeah Jarko. will you be my friend come for a chat yeah heads and volleys game a nick knock <laughs>
0: please be my friend. Come here. Right. So I love your podcast. And I actually listened to your podcast last year. And then I started listening to it again recently, which is why when I thought of doing this as a topic, I was driving along the M50 and you popped in my head randomly. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to message Colin. Literally just randomly messaged them in that moment. I was like, I have to get him on it. But I'm going to talk about this I need to get him on. And I was like, he's going to think this is so random. Cause I was just like in the middle of the M50. I was like mad traffic. I could hear beeping and everything. And I was like, I have
1: to message him now. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh no. When I heard your voice now, I heard it like sirens and people screaming. And I was like, Jesus, I wonder what's going on in the M50. You know? <laughs> I'm only <already> messing. <laughs>
0: it was me. I can't.
1: Yeah, 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 it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, I know all about your background because I stalked your podcast and I kind of stalk your Instagram. I was gonna say I watch your Instagram, but I'm gonna call (laughs) it just made. I stalk your Instagram. But why don't you tell me all about your background, what you do, your journey, maybe with sobriety? I just I
1: love this story. I get to talk about my favorite topic. Doubt myself, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, look, do you know what? Like the reason I, I started my own podcast was just to put the message out there, you know, because I, I I would have had my own struggles around uh, my mental health and addiction and things like that, and the and I always found I was quite when I was struggling with it, I felt quite lonely, and you know? it that wasn't something that was. In the open conversations at sitting around the table with in the family home or in the bar or you know in the canteen, like no one openly talked about their struggles, you know what I mean, be it internally or at home or whatever that thing was. And you know, so when I I, I remember having a chat down to 44, and uh, you know, I was just talking to someone in, in, in the city, you know, and uh. And so I'm just we just end up having these re, this real deep conversation and real open and honest uh, conversation. And someone that was swimming beside us was like, Oh, would you geez, that's really powerful. I was just listening to you there, you know, you should put it on a podcast. A lot of people would appreciate that. And me me being me being like, Oh, Jesus, you know what maybe I should like, you know, and and then that that and then the next day, uh you know, I was down there and I was talking to someone else, and they gave me this really in, 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 inspirational quote, being like, "Well, look, if you're gonna do the podcast, you have to ask yourself, is it gonna be day one or one day? You know." Yeah. And so with that, then uh, on the way home uh, from the forty-four, AM, I um, but went to deals and put, and got home and recorded and downloaded an app and we found and recorded a podcast and put it out, and then I got loads of good feedback, and so yeah, I've just been doing it ever since, but. Yeah, like my, my my story, like, you know, I would have grown up in like a typical Irish family, you know, would have had a, a big family, you know, three siblings and three, sorry, three brothers and three sisters. So it's six siblings. And, oh. uh, you know, and uh, as a kid, you know, I, I came from like a perfectly normal, dysfunctional family. You know what I mean? But I always had that feeling of being different. I don't know where it came from. I just always felt out of place, felt like a black sheep felt like an imposter and just always felt odd and nearly just kind of trying to pretend to be normal around people, if that makes sense. And when I was about 12, or 11 or 12, I remember my mom went on this kind of geographical buzz, you know what I mean? She just went mad moving everywhere. It's just her way of coping with life, you know? And I think she kind of, you know, just something went and she just wanted to move a lot, you know? So... We, we moved, I think I was in about, about 15 different schools in the space for, for two or three years. And, uh, you know, and... I remember moving to these places, you know. I remember going there, and you know, having to leave my friends in Dublin. And my mum was like, "Don't worry, you'll make so many nice friends in Wexford." And I just remember thinking, "Oh, you go, oh, no, go on, you will be grand." You look away these football stickers or you know Pokemon cards, or whatever the trend was at the <laughs> time. You're getting on, you're getting on great, you know. And I remember going into this school, and you know, I think I was only in like fucking. Second class, or something, and uh, all these kids were like in this in the school, they going, So, you're from Dublin, are you? I said, Yeah, I bet you smoke heroin and you rob cars. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm only 10, like, you know what I mean, and so I felt this just instant rejection, like, you know, and it was effect. Like, so I remember going home, being like to me, man. Look, I hate it here, I you know, can't wait to go back up my friends in Dublin. They appreciate me and love like me, and you know. So the weekend, then I went back up to the, the mates in Dublin, and they uh, remember I going, "Oh, right, we lads just a crack," and uh, they all said, "Oh, here's the farmer now, you know, here's the bugger and all this." I was like, "I'm already living now no extra a week," so I, I found myself always trying to kind of reinvent myself, you know, and it became like this. Chameleon, where I just morph into the crowd, you know, just to be liked and accepted. And I, I, like, I had this overwhelming feeling and, and need to get approval off people. I just couldn't be myself, you know, I could be anyone. But me You know If you tell me You know you, you Like if you told me I, I don't really I'm not a massive fan of cricket You know I don't think I've ever watched a cricket game But if you told me you like cricket I'd show up with a cricket bar And the jersey And you know Just please God Just like me Like you know And so I found myself Wearing all these masks You know To hide who I really was Because I thought the real me Wouldn't be liked Or whatever And you know So I, I didn't know If it was the tough guy Or the Or the you know, the, the poet or the nature guru or the spiritual guy or whatever, what it was, but it was Elton into all these different characters, like, you know, um, and then from quite a young age, you know, I, I, you know, in school, I just never got, I never took the skill. I think I just had way too much energy. And I remember me mad, like, you know, she called into the office, oh, you know, columns he's messing again. And I was just too interested in looking out the window I mean like, so why do the stairs just float up there? Or what's the crack with cloud? I'm just always thinking real beyond the, the board of the just the boredom of the classroom, just looking out the window, oh, what trees made of you know, I'm getting really deep and all. And uh, so I was in a lot of trouble in school. I remember my ma used to be around with all these different psychiatrists, and as a kid, and I was like diagnosed with OCD and fecking. ADHD and BBC and TV3, you know, everything was just labelled on me, like every like thing. And so I felt even more out of place, you know. And then I think I was about 14 and, you know, I was down the field with all the lads and we were kind of, you know, just having a crack and one of the lads whipped out a can of beer and, you know, we were whipped out a few and handed me one. And I remember thinking, Jesus, maybe... I shouldn't do that, you know, and the, the old Catholic guilt in me was like, oh, no, man, you know, don't want to be drinking that can, like, you know, and, uh, and, you know, that period, again, the peer pressure and the, the need for approval, the need, the, the disease to please, you know, I, I, I drank this can and uh, for the first time, I just remember it feeling feeling normal, you know, I, I sopped this, I drank this can and I remember it tasted disgusting and but then, moments later i just felt this ease this gentleness you know just being able to relax and be and be like normal like that guy over there that just seems so intuitive it, like how to exist and not always be in your head and being anxious to people like me what do i say what do i do and when i took this drink i just found wow i just felt love i felt wanted i felt liked and you know, it felt like, oh, he morphed into this amazing character. Like, it was Tommy Tiernan and Brad Pitt and fucking, you know, Dave Attenborough or something. It just all put into one amazing person, like, you know. And I loved the effect that that God gave me. I was like, wow. And this was what it was missing, like, you know. And I used to love that effect of drinking. You know, I remember one time, only early on in my drinking career, I think it was only fucking you know, 15 or something on the way home from a session and you know I was drunk out and I ran over to this wheelie bin as well my friends and I decided just to jump in it. And the wheelie bin fell over. And then all my friends ran over and picked me up and started celebrating because it was they thought it was hilarious and so funny and you know, and pushed me up and on top of my shot like pick me up and like celebrating as if I won the World Cup. But I just remember this overwhelming feeling of approval and love. And finally I'm accepted. And This is this was me, ocean to fill that void that I had my whole life, you know. Like, alcohol wasn't the problem for me, it was the solution, like, you know. And I loved that effect that alcohol gave me, it made all my dreams come true at once, you know. And I, you know, because it was mad, the like alcohol was a fix-all for me, you know, no matter what was going on in life, you know, it could be. Insecurities, low self esteem, the bills are piling up, a broken nail, a broken marriage, ill uh, health problems, mental health problems, you know, parking fines, you know, whatever it was, take a drink and I sure it's grand, you know, sort it out tomorrow. And I loved that alcohol just solved everything for me, you know, and it just seemed to transform we whole. Perspective and outlook on life you know I remember walking into pubs hung over you know some dodgy pubs like the pubs you'd wipe your feet on the way out like you know and i walk into some Jesus dodgy pubs I remember one pub I walked into and I don't know <laughs> I just remember it was like oh Jesus I remember walking into this pub anyway and uh, the barman that was on, it couldn't stand him, you know, I was like, oh, not this fella, you know, and then I'd sit down and I'd be hanging from the night before, and I'd look over and see the crowd, I'd, oh, not this crowd, that's so dry and boring, and, and I'm listening to the, the song that's on, like, oh, this song is terrible, you know, and then I'd have a point, and I'm trying to feel a bit loose, and then I have two, and you know, I'm trying to feel alright, and then I have three. And I walk into the three-point world and the barman becomes my best friend. He's my soulmate, you know. <laughs> and the crowd are great crack; They're unreal and they want to know all about me. So I'm going to go up and just tell them all lies about myself. And this song that's playing, this song is my aunt. I want the song played at my funeral. And it just added so much, you know, substance to my life, you know. It was like... It was just amazing, you know, and I remember hearing this lovely quote and it summed up my alcoholism to a T. It's alcohol gave me the wings to fly and then it took away the sky, you know, and that's what happened to me. You know, when I arrived in that three point world, my problem was I could never moderate my drinking. Like my favorite drink was always the next drink, you know, so I loved the net with the net look like, I'm great where I am I feel amazing but imagine the next one imagine how good I feel there and it was this chase a constant chase as soon as I had one drink it just activated this pursue and beast within me for for more you know what I mean and and like I used to hate going for rounds with friends because I used to drink really fast and we yeah. mates me sitting there talking about <coughs> football or talking about work or jobs or whatever and I'd be there like, "Hey, mate, it's, my point is gone. They're barely taking two subs out there, and I, could, I just couldn't be in the present moment. There was like, just, mate, get when are you gonna get a point? In My head it's just this narrative. I'm like, get a fucking point, mate. When are you gonna get a point? Like you know, and I'd be going up to this bar and needing shots, and you know, just and it was just it was insanity, like you know. And as I as I got older, you know, you know, we we drink got a lot worse, you know. I I inevitably. Ninety percent at the time I drank, you know what I mean, maybe more. And my problem with blackouts was, was that it was like Russian roulette. I didn't know what type of blackout drunk I was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be the happy drunk or the sad drunk or the aggressive drunk or the poetic drunk or the wet the bed drunk. And you know, I just I was just crazy, you know. And it was grand when I was like fourteen or fifteen. You're going, you're going out, and you're having the crack, and you know, you're doing all this madness. And You're just ah, bygones be boygons, you're getting away with it, you're wet in the bed and all. And but then you're in your twenties and you're still doing that shit, and you're like all your mates are getting on with their life, and you're kind of still are oh, you come for a few cans down the bush? Like are oh, you coming down to the pub and like, look at it, mate? It's Tuesday, what are you, you yeah. know, it's four o'clock in the morning, man. Um, you know, and so but like and the thing about alcohol is that it's depressing. So you know all the anxieties that I felt and that I was suppressing in my life were getting uh, amplified. You know, so the more I drank, the more anxiety I had. So I was caught in this kind of vicious circle, like it was a coping mechanism. So, you know, if we drank, you know, it would it would feel no, I feel great, I feel numb for a while, but then I'd wake up and everything be absolutely dreadful again, and, and I feel even worse. You know what I mean? And so we drink to help me deal with that and then I'd feel great again and amazing but then I'd cause more trouble and I'd add, add to the like line of it, it, the crap in my life and then i go and i do the same thing and i wake up next day and would be fear, anxiety what a drink again and then that will solve everything and so it's caught in this like vicious circle like you know um, and and I, I was very fortunate that uh, I had family my dad was actually in recovery he was a he was a he was a recovering alcoholic and and uh, you know, he kind of seen the road I was going down, you know, and he, he tried for, for years to try to get me to go to, like, go to these 12-step meetings. I said, like, I'm not going to them 12-step meetings. We're not that bad, you know, and I thought everyone was just being dramatic, you know, and we not that bad, you know, and it was just, you know, my my mental health was really starting to decline, you know, waking up absolutely riddled with fear and anxiety and you know, on the Sunday, I'd be like, I'm never, ever drinking again. And he could hook me up to a lie detector test and I'd pass because I'd mean it. I'd be like, I'm never drinking. That's me doing it, I <laughs> promise. You know, and like I, I remember a, a girl I was seeing at the time, you know, she gave me like another to mate him and because I got into it, I said to her, I'm only going out to watch the Liverpool match and I ended up staying out for the second season, like, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and she was like, look, go, go to the, just go to the doctor and have a chat with him and, you know, and and this is me, like, being the client to go to 12-step go to, go to meetings with my dad. So I was like, you're right, I'll do that. So I go to the doctor and, you know, I'm having a chat with the doctor and, I'm, like, telling the doctor what's going on. I said, look, I can't eat, I can't sleep. You know, sometimes we, I have a lot of cheeky can in the morning, but that's just to kind of, you know, help me get more focused on what's going on. And, you know, I just feel my anxiety levels up to the roof and blah, blah blah And the doctors have got me to this like 20 questions, like you know, and uh, and I passed it like flying colors. It's the only exam I ever passed in my life is <laughs> like, Are you are you an alcoholic? Like, and I think I got 100%. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Nailed it. Can, I that, can I get that diploma in the post, mate? <laughs> but uh, you know, and uh, and the doctor was like, Look, Colin, you, you, you clearly have a drinking problem, you know, you clearly have a drinking problem, you know, alcohol is completely like. Turning your life upside down, you know you have you have, you have a very unhealthy relationship with it, you know. And uh, I'd I'd recommend like you stop drinking, don't don't drink at all, like you know. And I was like, why well, even we, stop drinking, like you know? And that was unheard of in Ireland because if you don't drink, there's something wrong with you. Like if you're a rip-roaring alcoholic. Getting carried home every night of the week—that's not as bad as not drinking. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is not You know, and the, but the, like the circle of friends at all, because I remember meeting a pal. I was off to drink a while now. As I was I'm meeting a friend in the, sh- an old friend, in the shop, and he's like, "Already, right, Colin? We all right? he already goes? Yeah, you still have to drink?" We said, "Oh yeah, I'm off to drink, make a, a few years now." He goes, "Does that mean oh really? Does that mean you just have a few cans at home now?" Does it? <laughs> You know, and I was like, he couldn't conceive, like, not drinking, not to drink men's. So you're off the points. Like, but you still have a few, you know, and this, the whole concept I, I, of no, no alcohol. Like, and, and anyway, so I'm sitting, the doctor saying, me look, call him, consider not drinking. And I was like, I don't know, for yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, every, because everything's like built around a pub, you know, if you book a christening <clears throat> or a like, feckin', but, you know, a, a wedding, whatever, it's like all around alcohol. Like, you know, I'm there, never ever drink ever again. And I was like, Jesus, I said, I don't know. I said look, you, you clearly have an allergy to alcohol. Imagine you're allergic to tomatoes and you were like, every time I eat a tomato, I black out. You know, I had I had a couple of cherry tomatoes there and I woke up in Donegal in a field and, you know, I was just fecking no clothes on. I was like, what the feck? It only ever happens when you eat tomatoes. You know what I mean? he he's going to be like, well, why, why don't you just stop? eating tomatoes like you know what i mean and it's and so that was and so i was like so not never drink ever i was like okay yeah i'll, I'll try that okay okay fair 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 and then i was so i remember going home and the, you know and my girlfriend at the time was like so uh, what did the doctor say and i was like i said uh, he said just drink at the weekends you know and just stay, <coughs> stay out the spirits like you know but that was the that was the addiction in my mind you know, and that's what addiction is. It's like, do you know, like Gollum, our Lord of the Rings, my precious. And that's what I had living in my brain was with this little beast that just was cunning, baffling and powerful that it's like, you know, if you like say if you had a bad cockroach problem and you were kind of having a chat with the cockroaches being like, lads, you think we should call the Terminator about this? (laughs) Like, oh no, Jesus, don't do that. Don't call the Terminator. That's a bit harsh, man. Don't do that. You know, that's like when we have like addiction, we're like in our heads going, you know, we're trying to rationalize and justify, or maybe if I go, or maybe if we like go you know vegan or maybe if we travel over to America i go backpacking I won't be alcoholic or maybe it's the relationship if we get a new relationship or a new job or a new pair of shoes or maybe a a new shampoo you know like it's like always something else bad to drink you know constantly trying to change the goalposts you know and um, yeah for me I just completely hit rock bottom you know I just Kept going that way, you know, like lost my job, relationship, you know, everything, and uh, I had nothing and like literally nothing. Like, and I was I remember, you know, my, my sleep, I was sleeping on my sister's couch, you know, just out of pure manipulation and guilt. She was letting me stay there. And, you know, my, I, and then finally, um, you know, the family were kind of having this big get together, you know, and down in Donegal, it was my dad's 60th. You know, I, I was invited down, but I, I really didn't want to go. And we sister said, Look, Colin, I'm not leaving you here in the house on your own. You know, you're like, I'm oh, no way I'm trusting it. And she's like, I like, know I was like literally getting serious withdrawals from drink, and I was in rock bottom with my mental health. And you know, all I was doing was drinking cans and isolating and you know, just in a really, really dark place, like you know. And uh, she finally persuaded me to come down and she said, Look, I'll cover your room. So I didn't have a penny at this stage, you know, look, I'll cover your room you just promise not to drink. And I was like, okay, okay, I promise I won't drink. So we go down to this hotel in Donegal, the family, and we walk into the lobby and there's a big banner over the lobby saying the All-Ireland International uh, Alcoholics Anonymous Convention. And I'm like, what the fuck? Look, there's not a chance I'm going to be able to drink down here. But it was like, I don't know, I think it was like a cheeky setup by my dad, you know what I mean? To kind of get me sober and, you know and i'm sitting there and i'm kind of looking at all these people going around with their biscuits and the cups and the tea cups of tea and being like you know and, and like like seeing everything about aa and being like i love everything about the aa apart from the whole not drinking thing like you know i just I couldn't really get my head around that you know and so i went to the, like I went, the one place in the in the hotel where you wouldn't find the recovering alcoholic i went to the bar you know i'm just sitting in the bar and just sitting there, and you know, I was watching, uh, watching the watching a football game, you know, and I got talking to this lad in the bar, and he goes, "You're not one of them uh, alcoholics, are eh? you?" I said, "No." I goes, "Oh, really? do you want that? Do, do you want a point, there?" Eh? I was like, and then the, like, that like got column in my head just struck me, and like all logic went out the window. Like logic was like, "Hey, it's not about you, column. You know, it's your dad's sixty. You're, you made a deal with your sister; just spend one day, you know, off the drink." But then, like the addiction side came into him, but it, and was like. Yeah, but, you know, what? one's not going to do any harm. Like, you know, have one, watch the match, stay out of everyone's way, it'd be grand, you know? And so I had one, but see, the problem is, as soon as I got one drinking to me, this whole thinking, you know, my decision-making, like that, the famous last words in Ireland, I would just go for the one. But it's yeah. the one that, like, if you're hit by a train, it's the first carriage that does the damage. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why I was like with a drink, you know? It's like when it was that first drink and my whole thinking just changed instantly, you know? And, and when I had that first drink, then the, the, the got, it was on steroids all of a sudden. And it's like, do you know what we do? we we'll go over we we'll go over to the off-license and get a drink and, and stash up in the room that no one will know and get this mad plan. So we do that and I go buy all this drink and I go and hide up in the room. It's no one will know, you know, I get drunk and it'd be grand and greatest thing ever. You know what I mean? And like, and the insanity of, of, of like the insanity of it all. And I was like, no one will ever know. And I was thinking it's the perfect plan, you know? So I end up getting drunk, blacking out for like two a day, a day and a half and I wake up. And I'm after trashing a hotel in a drunken blackout. That was that was hosting an Alcoholics Anonymous convention, you know. And I wake up, and the fa- my family are in the room, the hotel managers in the room, and everyone's just shouting at each other. And I'm just like waking up, like something out of hangover, like being like, "What the fuck just happened?" My head is spinning, you know. I'm hungover, you know. There's like. I'm at the cause like three grand of damage to this hotel and like no I didn't harm anyone I just thought I was fecking like in Rolling Stones or something just smashing up hotel rooms and and lobby you know just insanity and just being stupid and you know and it was just madness you know And my whole family there was this moment where everyone just left the room and I was just there on my own you know and I was sitting on the bed and we had my hands and I just felt broke you know I felt hopeless and I just wanted to drown the towel there and then i just i literally just didn't want to live anymore and and i remember just at that point you know there was a knock on my door and uh you know I got up and opened the door and some young dude there with his, with his name tag you know and it's like scott and uh he's like all right mate uh, do you remember talking to me last night i was like man i don't remember a thi- i don't remember talking to anyone last night i said i don't remember a thing like he goes do you might to come in and have a chat with you like you know and uh he comes in and, you know, starts telling me his story, you know, he's, he's two years sober, you know, and uh, he starts to go into like, you know, all the you know, tells me of his drinking story with the blackouts and not being able to have one drink and I'm like, oh, you do that? Yeah, that's me. And then he, he says something about like the, the that feeling of just not feeling like part of society, you know, like you're, you're, you're on you just feel like you're a black sheep, you know, you feel like you're on the train and you haven't got a valid ticket, you know, you just don't belong, you know, and all this stuff that I felt my whole life, but I never felt, I never heard anyone else articulate or talk about it. So I was like, wow, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the only one. Like, And it's like, it's not like you're going to be sitting around the bar with a load of lads while your mates and be like, hey, John, I guess a point there and i feel a bit insecure, will you? You know what? Yeah, this guy who was talking, there was, like, talking about all these things, insecurity, low self-esteem, feeling like an imposter, trying to fit in, you know, feeling fear and anxiety, you know, all these things that i felt my whole life that I've come accustomed to and just thought they were normal and just got on with it, you know, just assumed everyone else felt like that. I've never been able to point the finger at it and say, that's what it is, like, you know, and he was, like, talking about all these things and, you know... um. I was like, this guy knows what he talks about, what he's talking about. Like, and you know, that sense of relief. You know, when you have a problem, it's like if you went to the doctor and you're like, Yeah, there's something up, and the doctor's like, oh, what, What's wrong? And he goes, I don't know like, you know like where where is the point at it? I said like, I just feel as I just don't feel right, you know, I just feel yeah. like there's a there's a, a hole in my soul or there's a void or like is is can I give you a cream for that or something? You're like, no, no, it's just I can't like quite you know, and then so when I got down to this like when I got on the sky, him articulating it, all this stuff, finally I felt the sense of relief that well I'm not the only one I was able to de- identify and connect with someone you know and he asked me did I want to come down to uh, one of the 12 step meetings downstairs and you know finally I kind of it was that point you know and I remember looking back at the bed and kind of seeing like two or three empty cans there and seeing just me I have a choice here you know go down to this meeting or I can go back to that bed and feel sorry for myself and it was like I, I walked down the side and I looked at him and I you know fresh and clean he looked and being like right this guy must know what he's talking about and i'm just walking her away and i was like i was just leaving that part of me behind you know and going down to this 12 step meeting you know and uh and sitting there and like hearing people talk more of all the things i felt my whole life but never felt articulated you know and seeing young people there and fresh clean people because i had this, You know, I just, you know, I was like, I had this perception of AA as being like the homeless guy in the park bench that sips fog out of a paper bag. I thought that was an alcoholic. But when I went to AA, I didn't see any alcoholics. There were all these fresh, smiley, friendly, like, T-obsessed people <laughs> that, you know, that I, I'm just like, well wow, like what? Like these, this is, wow, what was so wrong about this? And, you know, and sitting there and hearing like more of the messages and I was giving like, like just, I was giving like basic kind of advice to kind of like stay with a sober community and, you know, take it one day at a time and, you know, keep coming back. And, you know, and that's what I've done, you know, and, and that was my last drink. That was the 3rd of March, 2013. The last time we, I've, I've drank, you know, and uh yeah. I'll be 10 years sober in March, you know, and I'm I'm really grateful for my life today, you know, and well, like when I got sober first, I used to hear people say, oh, you'll have a life beyond your wildest dreams, not drinking. And I was thinking, think, oh, geez, I'd be playing for Barcelona or doing a chair <laughs> on the Late Late Show or something like that, you know, but what I know today is, it's lo- I really like who I am today, you know, I really really love who I am today, you know, and, I love, I love my life and I have peace of mind, you know, and these are like, I used to go to bed at night saying, I want, I want, I want, you know, I want the house, I want the car, I want the money, you know, I want all these things. Whereas now I go to bed at night saying, I have, we have, we have, you know, I have a lovely home, you know, I have a fridge full of food, of good mental health and good physical health, you know, I have, I have so much abundance in my life and i don't think wealth has anything to do with what you attain or what you possess i think it's about what you appreciate that's yeah. that's true wealth you know that's a wealth mindset and today i feel all that and 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 like you know like just putting down the drink was just the tip of the iceberg you know i had to do a lot of work on myself you know because i had i was drinking on something you know what i mean like i had i felt felt the low self esteem insecurity fear anxiety and I drank on all that. So then when I put down the drink, it's like if you have a leak in your, in your house and you just turn off the water supply, you like, you haven't addressed the problem. You've just yeah. put off the supply. And so when I, when I stopped drinking, a lot of stuff came up for me that, you know, I was given the opportunity to work on. I was going kind to of introduce to a 12 star program. And I was introduced to my, my own concept of, of spirituality, you know, and, See, the thing for spirituality, Look, I grew up, and look, my mom was a hardcore Catholic. Like she was down in mass every Sunday on time, you know, and we were all there fresh and the, in our best clothes and whatever. But I was always intimidated by the Catholic Church. You know, I was just sitting there, just a kid looking at the guy. It's so scary. And the priest there said, like, if you don't do ABRC, you're going <laughs> to hell, you're going to burn, and you you know, and you're, you're sitting there. And, and then I remember commu- making me communion and for I time not you may when you make your communion, you're making in life. You know what I mean? This is—you'll have a few bob, you'll be able to buy a few magnums in the in the, in the news agents. You know, if you look at a high road, you show a fella that shows up in your house in a state with a Lamborghini, he's made it. But you show up to your friends as a ten-year-old with a magnum, you have fucking made it, like you know. And i remember thinking, oh, it'd be great making me communion, you know. And and I used to always think the communion were like chocolate buttons, and I remember going up and making it and just being like hey what is that it's you know what I mean and that kind of yeah. thing so I just remember being so f- freaked out by the church you know so I, when like I was introduced to spirituality I was like no I can't I can't like I can't digest any of that stuff you know I just totally shunned upon it like and passionately re- rejected the whole thing and you know and it was. but I, I was told by someone man it doesn't have to be that form of spirituality it can be your own form You can get there your own way. It's like there's many ways to get to Dunleary. You know, look, I'm using Dunleer because I live in Dunleer, but like you can get a taxi, you can get the dirt, you can get the bus, you can cycle, you can get a space hopper, you can get a fucking helicopter. You know, you can walk, you can crawl. There's many ways to get the enlightenment. You know, so I I was struggling with this whole idea, and you know, you know, I was in a great place, I couldn't sleep, and I remember going for a walk on Dunleary pier at like five o'clock in the morning. And like people that walk down early pier at five o'clock in the morning, they're either in a really, really, really good place, you know, really spiritual or just really fit and whatever, or they're in a really bad place, in a very bad place, you know. And that's why I was in the latter end of that, you know, was in a really <laughs> bad place. And I'm walking the Pier and I looked over and I just seen something just shine on my face, you know, and I just felt this this peace come on me, and you know, just this, this serenity and like that feeling I got when I took my first drink where I just felt the void in me getting like getting full, like, you know, like, feeling just okay, you know, just feeling okay, you know, when you're constantly feeling not okay and just you, all of a sudden you feel okay and I remember looking over and it was the sunrise and, being like, well, what is that? You know, it was the first time we ever seen a sunrise when I wasn't like walking home from a session on a yeah. Wednesday morning and, and skagging and being like, oh, you know, and the birds are singing. And it's like, oh, I don't hear that at all. You know, it's like a really
0: good analogy that you have there, though. Like, you have your perception of things when you're either out at five in the morning after having your sleep or you're out at five in the morning because you're on the way home from a set. The exact same thing is happening around you, but your perception of them things is either going to make your day or it's completely ruining your day. And it's uh, all down to like your decision in that moment with your mindset. So like, it, that was amazing.
1: Yeah, no, and that was it. Like, and it was just, but it was the first time that I noticed nature and I noticed sun, yeah. sunrise and being like, wow, that's incredible. Like, you know, and I, I, I sense, I sense spirituality for the first time. And you know, and being like that—that is it, you know. And from then on, I I, just—I made like nature my higher power, you know. I, I connect with God through nature. I connect with the universe through nature, and be it getting in the sea. Be it getting up for the sunrise, be it, you know, going up to the mountains on a hike, even through exercise. I love exercise because like that, I have that kind of ADHD mind where I've, I'm full of energy, you know, I'm just full of go. So I always struggle. Like, I remember the first time someone recommended me to meditate and i done the real like in my head, like the meditation starter pack, you know, I went and got the yoga mat and I got the incense and I got like guided meditation. I got all these little Buddhist statues and like and I nearly feckin' burnt the house down like I think when the candles fell over and like nearly burnt one of the feckin' things on the on the on the on the wall, like, you know, and like it was just a disaster. So I was like, maybe I'm not meant to be a Buddha, you know, and so I was like, so I found my own way. It was like, when I ran, I just felt so present. And when I got in the sea, or when I done ice baths, it's like, you can't d- be thinking about anything else when you're like in an ice bath, you know, you're so in the moment. It's the same to see, you know, you get in the sea, you just feel so in the here and now that you're not thinking about, like, geez, that bill or that thing in work or whatever the thing is, you're just so present. You know, did you I did,
0: do you um, ever do the bed and nails things? Because I know you've done all this mad stuff. We did it in my yoga teacher training where you stand what? on the nails. Oh my God. No, that's
1: that sounds insane. What are you? You stand on nails.
0: You stand on what? nails. What? That's right?
1: suffering. I can't. Is that going to be well being? <laughs> oh my
0: God. It's actually crazy. I'll look up. I can't remember the actual like, <laughs> no. bed and nails. So you stand on a, them. But it's like shocks you into no, presence I'll like th- you can't think of anything else when you're Jesus. in that moment but it's actually crazy like it's like the shock of getting in the cold water you're standing there and you're like I actually cannot think of anything else in this moment and in that moment something clicks with you when you're so present you're like oh, this is what That's it's supposed to be old-
1: like I think I, was, I thought it was Being great to see Dip And I think You know Trying to come down For a nail walk And you know, It's like Jesus that That's insane song. Sorry you No know, fair No You know I get the whole thing Where you're just so in the them all But uh, yeah. Do you imagine that'd be the new thing now? We know when like doing uh, doing C dips and everyone doing the nail walking, like you know, we all these yoga people doing like your robes and walking on nails and shit, like it's yeah. You get
0: it into the water and I'll get everyone over to walk on the nails and Yeah, we can yeah, have this
1: like is a little because, wellness yeah it's a little wellness fest here's the nail corner He's over there beside the, the yoga studio we're going to walk on a couple of nails here
0: I really want to ask you because you've actually mentioned it so many times and for me I think it's like one of the main things that I struggle with as well and you've hit on this so many times in what you said Ireland in general you've done a lot of travelling I've done a lot of travelling do you think like the drink culture in Ireland plays a massive role in how hard it is for people to actually give up the drink in this country? Or do you think it's the same in other countries?
1: I think, I think like, like my mate lives in Finland and like they are in the saunas. You know, like I think there's more saun- public saunas there than public toilets. Like every house has a sauna, it's insane. But that's their that's how they meet up, they socialize. They, go to saunas, they have the chats and, you know, and that's all good, you know, they're getting their, their sense of community and well-being there. But I think in Ireland, like our way of meeting up is in the pub. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like everything is... You know, organise around the pub. You know, as you're a kid, you're like, I can't wait. You know, you're looking at lads going into the pub as a kid, and you're like, well, I can't wait to be grown up and just feel like an adult. You know, in the pub drinking a pint. And like, I remember we're not uh, ringing a mate one time, and it was really bad in the drink. You know, and you know, like, just in a really bad place. And I rang a mate, and it was the first time. I was actually honest. I said, "Here, man, I think I have a drinking problem." He goes, "Are oh, really?" I said, "Yeah, man." He goes, "Come here, we want to meet up, so we can talk about." It? I said, "Yeah, man, I need to talk to someone. I just feel really low and depressed." And, you know, just to drink has me in a bad way, and he's like, "Right, come on, let's. Do you want to do come down to the pub and we'll have a? Ch-? Yeah, go on. And we <laughs> went down to the pub and had a few points and discussed my my drinking problem over 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 a, over a few <laughs> scoops. Bite. Like, yeah, but that's the that's the insanity. But at the same time, you know, we do live in like a society where I think like binge drinking and and just unhealthy relationship with food uh, with drinking is. Uh, justified you know and like for you to get for you to get sober just seems like such a bizarre thing where do you even start what are we going to do with the weekend because you would always associate like a healthy popular person with a healthy social life like being out drinking and in the pub all the time doing all the festivals and Christmas and you know so straight away you're going to be like oh crap I'll never have like a social life again like you know yeah. and so it's like it's everything in Ireland is like um, associated around drink you know that's what I used to think until I got sober and I was introduced to a whole new way of life you know like like people I know, a lot of my best mates don't drink you know uh, the last, the last two relationships I was, in, I was in was with people that don't drink. You know, um, like it's like not and by accident, not by on purpose. It's just quit. Like it's just you know, I think as I, I gravitate more into the sober life, you're just meeting people that don't drink. Like you know, and it's like it, it's like you, I'm like I have a much better social life now than I ever had. You know, like I can text and go for a dip, go for a hike, Meet friends for like a walk. And i be like a weirdo, like, oh, hey, mate, do you want to come for a walk? Like, you know, yeah. but no, to genuinely go for, for me, for people. And, and, and like drink doesn't even come into the equation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you were like lactose intolerant, you're not going to oh, geez, that means I can't go to the festival anymore because someone puts milk in my tea. Or if you were yeah. like a celiac, you wouldn't go, I can't go to that restaurant. I can't go to the cinema, you know, but, but you can just take drink out of the equation. And what I found as well, when I got sober, you know, a lot of the people that I was drinking with, they weren't like genuine buddies. And don't get me wrong, I'm close to one or two of them, but they were more like associates. Like a lot of them wouldn't even know my second name, you know, yeah. or know like anything about me personally. Where that oh, there's Collie, you're mad, you're mad fecker. you're not gonna be... go on, you're mad. Thing. <laughs> you know, just that type of you know. But they didn't they It wasn't. It was me wearing a mask, and they were kind of complimenting that. And it's just. You know, but then when I got sober and, and starting to be myself and come out and be, come out my shell and like, start to actually be authentic, you know, I, I didn't need to wear that mask anymore. And I said to actually make genuine friends, actually know me and a concern for me and just want to look out for me, you know what I mean? And my whole social, and like that is you've talked about going traveling, you know, I used to sit in a bar still and talk about going traveling with the lads, you know, I was something going to go to Australia you know, someday I'm going to go to the. You no, know, I haven't even been the fucking. I haven't even been down to Wexford, like, you know, I'm not going to Australia. Like, the only bit of railing I ever done was getting the. Like, you know what I mean? And, but I'd be like, get, thinking of all these, these big, mad things I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, they just never happened because of drink. But then when I got sober, you know, and I didn't, I, I, I leaned in this, to a lot of stuff that scared me, like going traveling or, you know, doing, doing marathons or, you know, do, doing things that I, I thought I'd never be able to do because I didn't believe in myself. But I done them anyway because we were sober. You know, and, and and my life actually only started to begin when I got sober. You know, and like the whole sober community that's out there. You know, like you follow follow a few people on Instagram that are they have the sober lawyers. And it just seems so authentic. It's like when I look at someone that's like just a different, like out in the pub, you know, sitting in the same seat with the same people talking the same crap, but just like a different color T-shirt on, it just seems so monogamous and repetitive. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas you talk to someone sober, it's like, what are you up to? I might go to, you know, I might go down to the park or I might go to New York or, you know, it's just like the belief and the confidence and the and 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 just the health and the positivity that you meet with people that 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 don't drink, like, you know. Um,
0: I think part of it as well is like, and I think this is really, really hard. And I, I don't mean for, I don't mean to be like, oh, it's easier for girls. or it's, I think it's, it's harder in Ireland for younger people in general. Like most people reaching out to me, like whenever I put anything up like this, they're like, drink really negatively affects my life, but I actually don't know what to do about it. And I'm like, it's mad that we're so stuck in this culture that we're like, we know this thing is terrible. Yeah. It's actually really negatively impacting our lives and yet we still don't do it. Exactly yeah. like what you said. But I always ask myself in situations now, like over the last few years, when I like think about someone, I'm like, would I meet that person for a coffee? Like actually yeah. just go and meet them for a coffee and not yeah. meet, and I'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, right, well, that's a friend. And if I think yeah. in my head, and this is awful, but if I think in my head, I'm sitting around someone and be like, I need to be drinking with them. I'm kind of a little bit like, what does that say about your relationship? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Is yeah. it a friend or is it a drinking buddy?
1: Yeah, but like you hit the nail on the head there when you said, like, drink isn't added to my life. And that's the thing. If it was anything else, you know, if I had nuts and every time we had nuts, it made me feel sick or made me act bizarre or, you know, I didn't, I woke up with anxiety. You know, it'd be only a matter of time before I stop eating notes and say, Roy. <laughs> you know, nuts don't agree with me. And I'd hang around with friends, I say, You're not eating nuts anymore. What's wrong with you? Like, you, don't, you know, we don't want to be hanging around with people that don't eat nuts, you know. And it's yeah. like, but it's like with drink though, we'll we, we tolerate it. We're like, oh, it's grand, you know. And because we had this, oh, you, you, what did you do on Monday? You know, sitting in the work canteen, everyone's hungover. Oh, what did you do? Oh, I went to a rave, or you know, I woke up in fucking Claire in a caravan. And you know, I was like, God, oh, you're mad thing. You, you know, so it's nearly justified. You know But it's like it's If I was asking myself about alcohol Is alcohol Adding to my life Or My life You know Is it preventing me You know Achieving the things I want to achieve And I'm becoming yeah. the person I want to become And it's as simple as that Like you don't need to be A down and out drunk To stop drinking You don't need to go to rehab Or get banned from driving Or sleep on a park bench you know it's you know if you just ask yourself, is alcohol adding to my life or not you know and how like are you just drinking to please the people around you you know how, how low do you feel about yourself that you don't even have enough you know self worth to say alcohol isn't adding to my life but I'm afraid to stop drinking because what my friends would think and that's like, ask yourself like, what sort of friends would not support you making a health choice like that of, of then they're not kind then, so you're answering all your own questions. There's like, are they actually genuine friends? Are they out, out, out for my best interest? Are they, you know, are they, are they just looking for another drinking buddy? Like, you know, and that's the thing. If they're real friends, they completely understand and know your stance and be like, look, I don't need to, you know, drink if it, I don't feel it's, it's adding to my life, like, you know,
0: yeah. I love that. That's so powerful, though. Every time you ask yourself these questions, if you're answering them in your head and this is the conclusion you're coming to, you're like, what actually is it, Adam? Like, yeah. uh, but I think I always talk to clients about this as well. It's like we always talk about like the positive sides of change and people want to make these massive changes with their life, with their training, with their nutrition. Yeah. But I said like a good example of this is someone who decides to quit drinking. Like You've probably like tied this to your identity for so long now that you're like i'm going to make this massive change what am i going to lose by making this change and even though you know it's going to be a positive thing part of you is like oh my god what if i lose some of my friends and what if this happens what if i have no social life but you answered all them questions perfectly you're like okay well were they friends if they're not going to support this decision actually i was listening to a podcast you did with your sister and you gave some really, really good advice in it. And you were saying something along the lines of like, you know, when people start to get sober, it's it's not that you have to completely change your life and cut everyone out of your life and be like, no, I'm not drinking, I'm not doing it at the weekend. But you're like, you can't expect to just continue to do everything that you were doing before yeah. and just rely on willpower. Like go to the pub Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. but just I'm not drinking. You know what I yeah. mean? So like yeah.
1: It's an old saying, you know, you can't heal on this in the same environment that made you sick. Or you yeah. can't trust the same thinking that got, got, got you that made that got you into the problem in the first place. Like, you know. Um, so yeah, and like and alcohol's a funny one, because alcohol is a class as a drug, the true science, you know, and it's actually class as a poison because as soon as you put it in your body, your body starts to you know reject it, like, you know, and it's the mad thing is it's the only drug where you have to explain yourself because you take don't take it. You know what I mean? It's like you're not taking it. You know, it's it's insane. It's a, you know, and alcohol is the one drug that we have too much of it and we're ashamed of our behavior. And so we decide not to drink, but then your class is boring, you know, and then it's so it's like you're caught on these two things where you're like, Do I go out and like like harm my body and like my mind and and you know just like be a shithead and drink or do I get sober? But then worried about what my friends and my my peers might think. Like you know what I mean? And so that's the kind of psyche in Ireland. Like you know, but like me, I used to think like that. But then after I got sober and I was introduced to a sober community, I I just I met like real genuine people that. I just felt at ease around and I, fe- I, fe- I found out what I like and what I didn't like because the whole time I was just like an actor that was just I had a playlist that you would think was cool or I watched like things that other people thought were cool but I, didn't, I never actually stopped long enough to see wait, do I actually like this stuff? Like, you know what I mean? And then I started to find out about myself and like so many different identities, like more masks than jackets, you know, I'll be leaving the house and be like, what mask will I put on today? Will I be happy-go-lucky or will I be the hard man or the funny guy or the sports expert? You know, and I finally like being able to put down that mask and and be yourself and be at ease. Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's a gift, like it really, really is a gift. And the, and the other thing is when you get sober, the amount of like, I have a few old drinking friends that are sober now as well because, you know, it's like people see the change in you. It's like if you're, you're working with a helpline and, and, they go and lose like 20 stone and people are I'm like, Jesus, you know, he was her coach, like, so I want, want to hire her, you know, the visual yeah. evidence, it works, you know, you can see with your own two eyes that this this obviously works and, you know, so when people see, like, you see you getting sober and they see the change and they see a smile come back and actually you actually have to have a belly laugh, a genuine laugh and you see the hell come back and the positivity, you know, people, people want that, you know what I mean, people are like, wow, well, look, look at that person getting their shit together. We want a bit of that, like, you know?
0: Yeah. But you know what you said as well? Like, you don't have to be like hitting rock bottom and drinking every day. And I think this is where people get a little bit messed up. They have exactly like what you said, the idea of an alcoholic being someone who's drinking every day and then they're like, oh, but I only drink at the weekends or I only drink like once every two weeks and like, you know, it's fine like. but if it's still negatively impacting your life, it's enough. And I was listening to Hoverman Labs. Uh, He had a really good podcast on about um, drink and its effect on the brain and stuff like that. And I listened to the whole thing twice and I was like, whoa like we think that we're moderate drinkers if you drink they say two a night or like 12 to 24 a week now an Irish person will easily polish off 12 to 24 even if they were only drinking a Friday or Saturday yeah Yeah, exactly I was like I know for a fact like me personally I was like 12 to 24 easily if I was at a wedding and that's just one day so I was like and he talks about the massive negative effects on the brain and everything of like just being in that moderate kind of bracket and he was like it actually can take like three to six months of being completely sober to kind of like reform them neurotransmitters in your brain and he was like and that's for a moderate drinker if you're actually drinking more than that it can take even longer so I noticed when I quit drink for like four months last year like over time it's actually crazy because I've been drinking since I was like 14 15 so that was like nearly 15 years and like it was mad that was the longest I ever went off it and I was like it's actually crazy like you start seeing things differently like it's like my brain was starting to clear all this fog and I was just like you start see it sounds really silly but I was walking down like around Dublin one of the days and it was around autumn time i remember just stopping thinking like holy shit the yeah. colors in the trees mm-hmm. like how have i never noticed this before yeah. like it was mad and then basically like life threw a couple of balls, and then i've had a rough year this year and i i'll make all the excuses under the sun it was wedding hen party i kept saying mm. after this one i'm gonna quit and after this one and then i like two weekends ago i was at a lecture picnic And then I had a friend's wedding and I felt like shit for two weeks. And I literally said to myself, I just thought back on last year. And I was like, I'm so done with feeling like this. Like, I was like, it actually does not benefit me. I was sitting there and I was actually sitting at the wedding doing exactly like what you said there at the start. Thinking about the next drink, thinking about the next drink. And I was just like, I'm not even enjoying this moment. (laughs) I'm thinking about going to the bar. And I was like, I actually had a better time at the wedding before I started drinking, when I was just sitting there with my friends in, like, yeah. the part where they were having the reception bar. and I was like, and I wasn't drinking, hadn't started drinking, and I was way more present. And that, for me, just, like, yeah. solidified it for me. I was just like, yeah. I just don't, it doesn't add anything for me anymore. Yeah.
1: And, that's, and that's sometimes just that conclusion and saying, is alcohol adding to my life? You know, is it adding positively to my life? And you know, being able to take a step back and observe and seeing like, you know, am I genuinely happy? Am I just portraying happiness? Am I just trying to, you know, come across as happy on Instagram or come across happy to my peers? But the, if I was to look underneath the surface, am I actually happy? Because I've done that for years. I was happy on the outside. I had all the nice shiny things to convinced anyone I was the happiest man in the room, but it was the, it was probably the the most insecure and loneliest going in the room, you know, and and usually that it is the old cliche. You is usually the loudest going in the room that's the is the loneliness, you know. Um and that's that's just how I felt. And, you know, it can be um and like that you, you talk about the clarity, you get when you're sober and yeah, hundred percent like when I stopped drinking and then I, I did, you know, did, I just had to notice things. like, well, there is always there you know was that tree always in my front garden you know it's like just stuff that was always there particularly nature that I just became so aware of I mean like wow just at all of these things you know and just feeling incredible like you know um, being able to connect with them and notice them and, and appreciate them like even now seeing the sun start to set like you know and looking out the sky and just being at all of them simple things like you know that um just make me feel very wholesome, like you know. Whereas before, it'd be a burden, like as you said, walking out in the session at five o'clock, and the birds are making a racket, you know, and the sunrise is getting in my eyes, and it's just making me feel guilty and shameful. Whereas now, you know, I love I love waking up in the morning to the birds. and you know, It's like a, an orchestra, you know. There's no <laughs> there's no better Netflix series than watching a sunrise. You know, you won't beat it. You know, it's in such a way to connect with the day and just appreciate the day ahead. You know, it's just to be sorry. <clears throat> just to be present in a, and, a, and appreciate a sunrise you know it's, it's just a gratitude to be to be there again. and that's what my life is was gratitude today because you know I'm so grateful for the simple things because I know what it's like not to have the right of passage of basic things like my mental health like my physical health being able to walk being able to like even run being able to go down and swim and not need to not, like not have a panic attack and not have an anxiety attack and you know, just to feel okay today, you know, and I'm really grateful for all that, you know, I'll be as happy as anything, you know, a cup of coffee, looking at a sunrise, getting in for a dip, I've won the lotto, you know, and for years I used to buy lotto tickets because I always thought if we get, get a few bob we'll be happy, you know, a couple of million, you know, I'll be the happiest man alive, but I'm not now, so I've set a condition on my happiness that happiness yeah. is when I get A, B, or C, it's like a destination addiction, and then when I said to do that bit of work on myself, all of a sudden I forgot to buy lottery tickets because my life was so good that I didn't need it anymore. You know, I didn't need that belief that I'll be happy when I win the lotto. And I haven't bought a lottery ticket in ages, you know. And uh, as so I thought, I don't, I don't even know, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind winning a few balls, like, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but buy one of them gold tinted dry robes, but um, with diamonds. But, uh, you know, it's but today is like I feel really fulfilled you know I feel very fulfilled so yeah I'm I'm really grateful just where my life. at today.
0: I think um, like everything you're saying there and just hearing you saying that just makes my heart so full because I just think back of like the thing for me is the anxiety that lasts for a couple of days because i I don't care who tries to tell me that they have a bit of a hangover the day after and then they're fine. Like, it's just not the case. You're not yeah. feeling great for a couple of days. And, like, I, the amount of people that I've heard say to me, Oh, yeah, I was feeling like shit until about Wednesday or Thursday, and then I was fine again. So I'm ready to go again. And I'm like, that's madness that that in our head is okay. You spend half your week feeling anxious and horrible and then you go and do it all again. And I oh, got in that mad. cycle and I was like, yeah. I'm doing this to myself. There's no one to blame for me feeling like this, but me. And I was like, I know how good I can feel. I was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Not when it's self-induced. We deal yeah. like, I, I said to so many clients, like, I was like, our ability to handle stress just goes so far down like so the same thing could be happening to you and then like your ability to actually handle it like if you're out every weekend Monday to Wednesday you just can't handle stress and then we wonder why everyone is saying they're anxious and they're depressed and they're stressed and high stress levels and everything is just like but we'll go to the pub at the weekend to forget about it
1: See, that's the madness of it. It's like, my problem wasn't uh, that I was a slow learner. I was a quick forgetter, you know? Like, I'd wake up on a Sunday in a jock, and like, as you said, the hangover, riddled with fear, anxiety. Didn't want to turn my phone on because they want people to tell me what i had done last night. And like, the little problems are the bill or the the cup I need to put in the dishwasher becomes (laughs) like massive problems, and I can't cope with things and just leave me alone. And, you know, and it's like, Just everything is like mountains to molehills or molehills to mountains and everything's amplified and comes a million times worse. Like, you know, it's like anxiety and steroids, like it's just like I can't handle and then slowly that starts to go away, you know, on your New Year's resolution, I'll I'll give up the drink or maybe, you know, maybe a little January to give it up, you know, and then Thursday comes, and Friday, then it's like, you're brand new, and you're like, fuck, I'll go out, and and next thing Sunday comes, and you're the exact same person, and you're like, there's like that flash out when Men in Black, it just, your whole memory just, you seem to get like, (laughs) drunken Alzheimer's, that you forgot, like literally a couple of days ago, how how crap you felt and now you're just like oh, i should be grand you know what i mean i'll i'll go handy i'll just have the one you know and then it's straight back to the square one you know
0: uh, and then it's like now one thing i never did get into in fairness was the cure when people are like well, just go for the cure i'm like oh, you're literally just prolonging your hangover i was just yeah, like no exactly. i can't but like The other thing, like, that baffles me, and I suppose, like, look, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, the alcohol industry, and the amount of tax that the government and stuff is making, so I understand, like, advertising or whatever, but, like, just even, I was listening to the statistics of, like, how it increases breast cancer in men and women, like, crazy percentages with just moderate alcohol consumption I was like and no one knows about this I was like it's actually mad like as you said it's a poison and we're just talking about it like it's grand it's just a couple of pints but like what say if someone wanted to quit drinking what would be like your main tips of advice for them like starting from scratch if they were probably these people who are saying they're on the fence, they don't really drink that much, but it is negatively affecting their lives.
1: Like, I'd say get out the pen and paper and do a bit of journaling on it. Say, if you didn't drink, like, why have you come to the conclusion, first of all, that you don't want to drink? Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's causing some problem in your life. If it's you just feel low, oh, you just want to change, or maybe you just want to do it for a health reason or you just want to better yourself. But like, get out a pen and paper and just be like, you know, what, what What are the benefits of not drinking? You know, where could that take me if we, if I stop drinking? You know, and if we say if I stop drinking, could I get into, like, you know, sea dipping or, you know, hiking or whatever, or maybe just waking up fresh or not going into Monday feeling exhausted and, you know, lethargic. And, you know, like, like, ask, like, write the pros and cons of it. You know what I mean? And if you come to a conclusion that you don't want to drink, like, in, in, like, investigate that it's good why do we feel like I want to stop drinking like you know what I mean and and then just say to yourself can you stop drinking like give yourself like a, like you know I know uh, my, my good friend Andy Ramage she wrote that book uh, One Year No Beer and he said he, he he just made himself a goal to give it up for 30 days you know and uh, yeah. he felt so good after 30 days he said why not one year and then he started this whole movement you know and this like, community of people that support each other not drinking you know and uh, like, as you said, your energy levels, you know, it, it, you're, you're, you're more present, you're in better mood, you're in better form, you know, you're, you're, you're saving a few bob. I'm probably more broke now. I spent all my money on lattes. I was Starbucks. But, uh, me too. <laughs> but you know what I mean? it's ask yourself, like, is drink adding to my life or is it taking away from my life? Is it preventing me becoming the ideal person I want to become, you know? And if you're kind of, like you know, if you feel something zero control, you know, or something you're trying to if you're trying to control something, then it's probably out of control, you know. And again, it, you don't have to be like a chronic alcoholic with, you know, um, get cirrhosis of the liver, like to stop drinking. But ask yourself, like, is it like, is it adding to my life? Is it? Can I kind become the ideal version to myself. If I can continue mm. to drink, like you know, and uh, and, get, and then give it a trial run. Give it, give yourself a few days, see how you feel after or a month, and. You know, if you feel like a yeah, community, I find, is a massive part. If you can find, like, a sober community and people, you can be around and stuff, that's also don't drink. You know, that that's a massive help as well.
0: Yeah. And career. my last question for you, because your life is awesome. What are, like, your top milestone things you've done since... I know, he, I know from stalking your Instagram the amazing things you've done over the last few years, but, like, what are your top milestone things you've done since you quit drinking?
1: Oh, I've, I've done... I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think, you know, like top things I've done. You know, like I've, I've done marathons. I've done Ironman, you know. I, I, I went solo backpacking around the world, you know, and I really enjoyed that. You know, I was a fear. Th- and it, at the time, I was in a really bad place. I was a few years sober, but I had a really tough year. You know, it was my dad passed, you know, and I, I went through a relationship breakup and <clears throat> I was in a really toxic job. and uh, so my mental health wasn't a good place I was coping though you know and I was really blessed that people had around me but I just was going through like this kind of quarter life crisis type thing and uh, (laughs) I remember being like will I travel or not and that fear of going and I remember just like handing my notes in the job and jumping on a plane and going to Thailand and going like Thailand Vietnam Cambodia Bali and uh having such an incredible experience and doing it all sober, doing it all on my own and meeting like all these incredible people. And, you know, and then just sitting there reflecting and being like, well, you know, I wouldn't be here now if I was sober. Or sorry, if I was still drinking, I wouldn't have been here if if I wasn't sober, like, you know, and uh, just that feeling of, wow, this, this is it, you know. But like this morning, to be honest, like this morning I even went for a run and, you know and i got into this it was pissing rain i went for a run loved it and i got into the 40 foot lashing rain it was the only one there you know and i just felt like i had this the 40 foot to myself and i had that same exact same feeling i had in thailand of well wow, i'm so grateful for my life and i get them little moments quite awesome to that you know whereas like well wow, like this is so life is so good and it's usually because of the the simple thing so yeah for me I think the biggest milestone is just liking, liking where I am today, liking myself, like, you know, being, because I, I was so cruel to myself over, over the years, and you know, I was my own biggest critic and my own biggest bully. you know, that little voice in my head that was just ferocious and ambitious. And whereas today, you know, I don't have to listen to that voice, you know, and I, can, I enjoy my own company and I enjoy being around myself. I don't need to run from myself anymore, you know, and, I don't have fear anymore, you know, I can go and do whatever the thing is and just deal with it and enjoy yeah. it and yeah, so I'm just, I'm just really grateful for my life today.
0: I love it. You're so inspirational. Every time I look at your Instagram and stuff, I'm always just like, oh my God, he's so homeless <laughs> now and he's doing an Man, and I was like, it's something different every other week but I love that and like, I love how like, no i'm gonna say it in love with yourself you are but i think that's something that we all need a lot more of and in ireland it's very like oh yeah she she loves herself and he loves himself and i'm like and what's wrong with that like Mm. why we need to get over that we need to actually start accepting that it's okay to love ourselves and maybe then we won't be relying on all these things to make that's the
1: thing it's it's just live and let live you let people are going to you know, when me dad said to me, "What do people think you was doing your business like?" You know, yeah. so just do your thing, people are gonna do that thing as well. You know, people are gonna do and haters are gonna hate, but, and potatoes yeah. are gonna potato. <laughs> but you just gotta, you just gotta do your deal, like you know, and be yourself yeah. and don't worry about what people think. Like momentum, Mori, you know. Uh, uh, Mar- I love Mark Aurelius. You know, he's a he's a philosopher. You know, oh. and uh, sort of stoicism and like life's short and. You don't want to be like was this this podcast this um psychologist, you know, he was in a he was used to work in a hospice and talk to people before they passed away. And he said a lot of their regrets is that they spent too long worrying about what other people think, they spent too much time working and not enough time like maintaining and, and being present in their relationships in their life, you know, and they realize that the most important thing in our life is to relate the relationships that we have around us, like you know, so you know don't worry about what people think you just go and like realize that life is short Surround yourself with people that make you feel good and make you and do things that make you feel happy and you know live your best life you know stop giving a shit what people think you know
0: we make life so complicated like and then when you actually think back in it like i i've been listening to like loads of different podcasts and stuff and they talk about your guidance system your intuition and stuff they were like stop overcomplicating it like if it feels fucking good go and do it if it doesn't feel great why'd you keep doing it like I know yeah. some things in life we have to push ourselves or whatever you're training you want to train hard but in them situations I'm kind of like they're usually things that your future self is gonna thank yeah. you for so I was like they're okay but I was like ultimately we really do overcomplicate it we care too much about what other people think even though you don't give a shit about their lives like you're you're not caring what your neighbour is doing, mm. but I was like, we care too much about what other people think, and then we just keep focusing on like what we don't want instead mm. of just focusing on this feels good. This actually makes my heart feel really really warm. I'm actually going to go and do more of this, and yeah. I'm like, that's how simple it can be if we just so kind true. of express yeah. ourselves a bit. So <laughs>
1: true, yeah, I love that.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much, Callum. I was just like, I love that. I was like, I wonder how long we're going to talk for. It. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I, I blocked out an hour and a half because I was like, I'm feeling me and him we're going to have a lot to talk
1: about. <laughs> podcast marathon. Yeah. Probably i talked to you all day. You know, it's I love it. I love having chats like this. You know, I mean, you just meet people on the same kind of level as you, and you, you know, you, you, you can just be real. You can be authentic. You can be vulnerable, and you can be open and you know, if one person's listening and it helps one person, then it, it's been a massive success, you know, and that's that's what's the great thing about putting out this content, you know, that it's yeah. out there to help someone, help someone identify or put someone in the right direction or, you know, inspire them to, to you know, it, make, the, make the best choice for themselves, you know. I
0: think vulnerability is a superpower and something I leaned into a lot more since I started coaching was actually showing more of that side and actually getting more of a response because I was like, gone are the days of wanting to see everyone doing everything perfect." Yeah. Like People want relatable people and people want to be able to talk to people they feel like they can resonate with. And I was like, the more we can openly talk about all these things that still, in my opinion, people don't talk about enough, especially as younger people. Like what you yeah. said, we all have this idea of everyone in AA being like 60 and all. And I was just yeah. like, it's just not the case, like, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's talked about enough. So, I really, really appreciate it, and I really enjoy your podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, Colin. The next on time, on. next time we do it, we'll do it in person, and I'll go for a sea swim. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can't wait. Bring the joy <laughs> robe, the golf tinted the roll.
0: Definitely, definitely. Right. Well, I will chat to you soon and enjoy your evening. Brilliant. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Reza. Thank you.
0: Bye.